The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of First United Methodist Church in Beaumont, Texas. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to love your city with the heart of Christ. Pray with me if you will. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer, our strength and our salvation. Amen. The faith practice of catching people is simply put, shining as we each are designed to shine. Several years ago when I was at the monastery, um, I was reading downstairs in the, in the dining area before this great bank of windows, watching birds eat the bird seed that had fallen on the ground in front of them. And sometimes when I go to the monastery, when I get there, I'm really tired from the busy hecticness of Advent and Christmas, and I was nodding off into my book, trying to read, which was a sign I should have gone up and taken a nap, but, but I went to get coffee instead. And, and as I went to get coffee, I, I had to wait behind one of the monks, dressed in his white robe and his brown scapular with the hood on it he stood in the leather belt he he stood there getting coffee and I, I looked at him and i recognized him i said you're the organist and he said it's good to see that i resemble myself <laughs> I, I i said i'm john he said i'm brother luke it's good to meet you brother luke we chit chatted for a minute and he said you know you look more like a monk than some of a monk, some of the monks around here. I said, it's good to see that I resemble myself. <laughs> Jesus, when he was teaching, as Luke tells the story, he was teaching beside the Sea of Galilee, sometimes called the Lake Gennesaret. By the way, good pronunciation there. Kerwin, that I, it's always one of the tests. How do we pronounce these funny spelled words? He, he, he told Peter, he said, look, put your boat out a little bit so I can see the crowds and teach. And, and, and he was teaching there and he invited folks to follow in his teaching. And so as, as, as the story goes, when he finished teaching, he said, he said, Peter, put out in the deep water and throw your nets out again. And what did Peter say? We've been working all night long. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it plays that way in your heart and mind, but it does in mine, because that's the way I would say it. Like, we've been... We're already tired from, we're, we're cleaning, we just want to finish our cleaning and go to bed and take a nap so we can go out tonight and fish. But 
If you say so, I will. So we did. Cast the nets out. So many fish. The nets were about to burst. So we signaled to Peter, uh, to, to James and John, come on, come on, get your boat out here and help. So they went out and both boats were about to what? Sink. So many fish. What did Peter say then? He fell down on his knees and said, go away from me. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't know if, if you hear another story in this one. But it's a sign for today's reading also. It's, it's Isaiah 6. When Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up in the temple with the train of the, robe, the Lord's robe filling the temple and six seraphs attending God, shouting, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. Heaven and earth are full of the glory of the Lord. Shouting so much that the, the pivots in the doors rattled. Like when Janie pulls out all the stops on the organ and it rattles. I mean, there's some of those low notes that, that, that you feel right inside here. That kind of praise of God. And Isaiah said this, Woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell among a people of unclean lips. He was saying, I don't talk right. And all my people, we don't talk right. And God had one of the seraphs take a live coal with tongs from the altar and bring it to Isaiah and touch his lips, sear his lips. Say, your sin is gone. And God said, who will go for us and whom shall I send? Isaiah said, here, here am I, Lord. Send this, this call and response, we call it vocation. In, in, in our day and time, vocation is, 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 has, has become narrowed and, and limited in its focus to things like industrial labor. But vocation is primary responsibility, primary activity, God's calling upon the individual and God's design of that individual for life. That's what vocation is. Avocation, alternate vocations, secondary activities, or what we do, what we've done to make a living. But our vocation, our primary activity, our primary responsibility is to become those whom God has designed us to be from the navel out in every direction. So Peter's there with Jesus and they're in the boat and there's more fish than they can count and even almost hold in the boat and he says, depart from me. And Christ's response is this. 
This is the call, as Luke tells the story, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. And it says, when they had brought their boat to shore, they left everything and followed him. So let's listen to this story a little bit. They'd been working all night long, and they had no fish. And Jesus asked them to put out into deep water and let their nets down one more time, and they got more fish than they could carry. When we think about working all night long, as a congregation, we're there. We are 179 years old this year. 179 years of continuous ministry as part of the people of God in Beaumont, Texas. I don't know about you, but when I think about that, I get, I get tired, Pastor. 179 years. And God simply asks, keep the faith. Keep the faith. Continue the work. Continue to gather on Sunday for worship. Continue to learn and grow together. Continue to study and serve together. Continue, continue, continue. It doesn't matter how old we get, there's no retirement plan in God's kingdom. Our roles and our responsibilities will likely change as we age, but there's no retirement plan because as long as God gives us breath in our lungs, we have availability of voice to pray. We have availability of voice to praise. We have availability of voice to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen? There is no retirement plan for any of us in the kingdom of God. We may shift and change roles, but God's invitation, even after a long night of work, is to keep on working in the new day. Now, it might mean that we work in a new way, but we are called to keep on working. Now, now to put out into the deep water is risky business. I mean, I'm, I'm fine in the shallow end, up to my waist. Even, even up to my shoulders, I'm okay in the water. And, and when I was a young boy, they, they, they taught me swimming lessons and put me on a swim team and put me on a water polo team. And, and so when, when I'm in the deep end playing water polo, treading water, I'm okay there in 12 feet of water. But put me on a Hobie cat that's 16 foot long with two pontoons and a trampoline and a stick and a sail out over 400 or, or, or deeper water, my little heart gets to racing a little bit. I get nervous in the deep water of the great blue sea. And I will tell you that ministry today is more risky than ever because the water of our society is deeper 
than ever. Now, what do I mean by that? It means that our society around us has changed, and the rate of change, the pace of change, has increased so dramatically that just to keep up, we're at risk at losing our ability to bear witness to God's love in this life in a way that reaches the next generation. And that means that we have to be willing to risk change in order to keep working. We have to be willing to risk change in order to keep working at this thing we call faith. So how do we do it? What happens? We work all night. We don't have any fish. We hear Jesus teach, and he says, let's go fishing again. And we get more fish than we can count or carry. And Jesus says, from now on, you're going to be catching people. I was talking with a preacher friend of mine this week, and he said, you know, when I go fishing, I always use a pole and a hook. When Jesus went fishing, he used a net. And he said, Roy said to me, he said, I think I need to switch from a pole and a hook when I'm fishing for Jesus to a net and cast it out there. Everything that we do as a congregation is a part of that net. Every single ministry event that we're a part of is an entry point to ministry here. Somebody might not respond to the invitation. Hey, why don't, why, don't you come, why don't you come to church with me on Sunday morning? Oh, I don't, I don't have clothes nice enough to wear. That doesn't matter. Come, no. Why don't you come help me feed people who are hungry? Some guys went to Houston yesterday. Why don't you come help me make bunk beds for children who have no beds? That's coming soon. Why don't you come help me help somebody who can't help themselves? Hey, I know. Why don't you come help me cook oysters? That's an entry point. Even better yet, you know somebody who likes oysters? Anybody know anybody who likes oysters? Yeah? Why don't you buy an extra ticket and give it to them and say, come eat oysters because we've got the best fried oysters in southeast Texas. It's okay to say amen to that. It is. Every, every aspect Every event, every opportunity of ministry is an opportunity to extend an invitation to some. You know, we have this combined choir event coming up. Let's go hear students in high school sing and support them in their life and fill the place to hear beautiful music for the sake of hearing beautiful music because it might change my life. 
the art of practicing faith and catching people is quite simply put, shining just the way that you alone were designed to shine. On your bulletin insert, you see thoughts about how the light shines in the darkness and how it shines inside us. I remember first experiencing God's love when Mrs. Dunn invited me to Saturday night mass at St. Anne's Catholic Church on St. Croix, U.S. Virgin Islands. And Janice, an exchange student from Washington State, came down and just loved everybody because they were alive. I remember that. And remembering that and retelling that rekindles the light of Christ's love in my life. God's light shines inside of me. I remember responding to God's invitation to discipleship to follow Jesus in all of my life, and I responded on a Wednesday night in August of 1982 when my brother in Christ, Jim, prayed after Bible study and suggested that there might be some in the room that night that had never made that commitment, never asked Christ to be their Savior and Lord, never submitted their, themselves in obedience to Christ's love and will. And I did that. I didn't know all that it meant. I had no idea that it would put me here in front of you this morning. But remembering that and retelling that rekindles the light of Christ's love in my life. This is God's light shining around us. I remember walking alongside someone in our faith practice together. You know, one of the greatest graces as a pastor is walking alongside families at every point in the life story of their family. There's a song in, 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 in the faith we sing that I've forbidden our musicians to choose. It's called, I Was There to Hear Your Morning Cry. And I won't sing it in public because I can't get through it. Because it talks about every life stage from birth and growth of childhood to, to coming to faith of, for oneself, to finding our way in life together, to celebrating the love and life that family and congregation brings to the point of giving our lives over to God completely when this life fails and we enter the church triumphant. I remember the first time we started to sing that song in church years ago, and, and we were singing, and I hit a point, it was at the 815 service, and I just started weeping because it hit me so hard. <laughs> and during, during the Sunday school hour, I steeled myself against those words in that verse so I wouldn't cry at that point in the second, in the 11 o'clock service. And I cried at a different point. <laughs> I was like, I'm not singing this song anymore. It just makes me cry. But, but retelling that story, 
and reliving those verses is rekindling the light of Christ's love to shine in me and in us so far beyond us that as the instruments in God's hand forged in the fire of the Holy Spirit, we become instruments that impact eternity. These lamps that I've made are, I like them. That's an old pot rack with an Edison bulb in it. Here's a flicker lamp that looks like a lantern with a candle in it. Here's my first lamp, a British phone booth, and maybe a signature lamp, an old electricity conductor with a light in it. And a microphone that is our choir's love the city Christ light. They turn it on every time they rehearse. They turn it on every time they lead in worship. When I'm working at my best in my office, this light is on. to remind me that the faith practice of catching people is quite simply shining the light of Christ the way each of us is designed by God to shine the light of Christ. That year that I first met Brother Luke, I had an interesting dream and I found him in the liturgy and vocations office and I went to talk to him and, and we talked and prayed and helped work some things out in my heart and mind and a couple years later I saw him and he wasn't in the liturgy and vocations office anymore. He was in the retreat reservations office. And I said, Brother Luke, hi. He said, hi, John, from Texas, right? I said, yeah. They see 45 people a weekend and every week, 51 weeks out of the year. And he remembered me. I said, you're happy to be in this office as you are in the other office. He said, John, you know that it's gratitude that makes me happy to work wherever the abbot assigns me. I said, you're right, Brother Luke, it is. Thank you for reminding me. You see, when the monks, when the monks make final vows, one of their vows is obedience to the abbot. And Luke is simply thankful to be there, to play the organ when, when it's his turn, to work in the retreat reservations office when it's her, his turn, to work in liturgy and vocations, planning and implementing worship when it's his turn. He is simply shining the way he's designed to shine. And so the invitation to follow Jesus and the invitation to catch people in the name of Jesus is simply the invitation to open our lives to one another and to the world and shine. So shine before others. This is what Jesus tells us. 
so shine before others that people will see you and give glory to God in heaven. And so we hear this word today. Shine. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.lovebeaumont.com.